Day two of BBC Gardener's World live at the NEC again. It is another hot, hot, hot day. Yeah, I know it's 27 degrees outside and it's been 33 days in the Midlands without any rain. Oh, Kevin sat in front of me. Kevin Smith, editor of BBC Gardener's World magazine. Um, 33 days, that is causing a lot of frowns on the faces of gardeners, isn't it? It certainly is. And uh, I was just in uh, the magazine subscriber lounge this morning and a chap stopped me and said, please, please, can you put something in the magazine about what we do about this water crisis? You know, he he was uh, from an area of the country that's already got a hosepipe ban. They've barely had uh, any break from last year's hosepipe ban. And yeah, it's a, it's a real issue. I mean, I'm gardening in Essex, um, super, super dry. I haven't had rain for six weeks, probably. My water butts are empty. Everything's starting to look a bit frazzled and it's only June. I, know. <laughs> I, I wonder know. whether he thought you could do something about it. Like, Possibly. You're the editor, organise some rain. Possibly, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I could have a word up top and see, and see what could happen. But, you know, it's a real, it's a real thing. And, uh, I mean, I, I remember a time when I would spend a couple of hours every evening watering my garden in the summer months and my conscience has got the better of me recently and I don't do that quite so much anymore try to grow different things but that's still not enough you know my garden is beginning to look really parched I have got a lawn um, which is beginning to look a bit rubbish if I'm honest and it's it's a worry and I know uh, you know Monty's been talking about this very issue on the main stage here at the show you know even at Longmeadow which is a notoriously wet uh, a garden with rich fertile soil even he's struggling with no rain so things yeah. must be bad yeah if Monty Don is struggling um this is a show where so many people come together and they chat they 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 gossip in the potting shed, don't they, about the things that matter to them, and particularly the, the, the trends at the moment. What are, what are people talking about to you? What are your readers talking about? Well, um, unsurprisingly, actually, uh, we've, we've got a campaign going at the moment uh, called The Thrifty Grower. Mm. Uh, this has been in the magazine every month since January, and uh, it's in direct response to everything that's going on with the cost of living crisis and people having to, you know, tighten their purse strings. And it's really hitting you know from from the letters we're getting into our post bag we know that this is something that gardeners are really worried about people still want to create a beautiful garden but they just haven't got money in quite the same way so we're doing tons on you know rescuing bargain bin plants how you can get things from charity shops using you know online uh, marketplaces to to swap things and you know get things for free and actually it really really is something that seems to be extremely popular i mean the great thing is of course you know people are still enjoying a fantastic day out of the show people are you know spending their hard-earned saved up money to to go home with a boot full of plants but you can't do that every weekend can you you know so there's got to be ways to to do things that don't cost a load of money absolutely that's uh, that whole sustainability bit in fact looking at some of the the gardens this year i mean if you remember last year francis Tophill used all of those old uh, Belfast sinks and of course the second hand value of Bel- Belfast sinks went up I've seen radiators and copper piping yeah. being used this year and that that's just the inventiveness of needs must for a gardener completely and actually I mean it is a needs must situation in many instances but also actually it's pretty cool isn't it you know as you say these things have got a desirability about them they look good they can look super stylish doesn't have to look like a like a junkyard you can still create a really beautiful garden with recycled items and I mean there are many gardens 
here this year that have that, that you know, the, the, uh, the menopause garden is brilliant. Loads of recycled items in there and it looks a million dollars. It's great. Absolutely. Just having a walk around, there seems to be uh, a lot more people being aware of and interested in uh, sustainability, organic gardening, uh, plant-based diets and, and plant-based living, um, but also the issue of mental health and well-being. And I know that we've come out of a, a lockdown and pandemic and all the rest of it where that came to the fore. And that could have been seen as a blip, but that is now a, a real move. I don't want to say movement in a derogatory way, but, but you know what I mean. I do, absolutely. I mean, to take your first point about sustainability and organic growing and all of those kinds of things. I mean, there are many gardens here that are demonstrating that. I think the most obvious one is the garden that's fit for a king, uh, which is, you know, the headline garden here. And that's all about um, how King Charles uses, uh, you know, organic, sustainable um, eco-friendly principles at Highgrove and uh, it's really hitting you know I think people are starting to understand that a garden is all about an ecosystem um, you know if you if you steer clear of the chemicals and the sprays and everything else you know you're going to have the good creatures and bugs and you're going to end up with a whole little habitat of, of your own so people are really seeming to understand now that gardening uh, in an organic way in a chemical free way is, is the way to go and then in terms of well-being I mean I don't know, even I know, when I spend some time in my garden, I feel better. It doesn't have to be very long. I, you know, have to be even 10 or 15 minutes, you know, scrabbling around with some weeds or doing a bit of watering or whatever. I feel better. And um, I was on the stage with Alan uh, Titchmarsh yesterday afternoon, and he was saying that, you know, even, even Alan, who has been doing this for all these years, the one place that he goes to feel better and to, to you know, uh, have... A piece of calm around him is his garden so I think we're really realizing it you know even the NHS are beginning to prescribe gardening in in some areas of the country as something to you know to really help so it's a real thing for sure Interesting you should mention that. I understand it's called social prescribing. Exactly that. Yeah. Every day is a learning day, yeah. Kevin, isn't it? Quite. Which is what I love about this show. Talking of the of the gardens um, and relaxation, the, uh, you can't be relaxed and put together some of those amazing gardens and borders. There's been a lot of effort. Some of them have taken two, three weeks to put together. They are spectacular. They are creative. They're inventive. There's people coming for inspiration. I'm getting a sense that the standard is higher this year than I can remember. Super high. Super, super high. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this show, I love Gardeners World Live. Obviously, I would. I'm biased. I'm editor of the magazine, so it's my show. I love it. But, um, yeah, the standard is super high this year, higher than ever. And um, I think one of the things that has impressed me the most are the beautiful borders here. I mean, I remember when the beautiful borders first launched. And they were literally, you know... Uh, little little patches two meters by one meter and it was just about plant combinations very useful very beautiful um, but that's all it was just plants that were put together in in a space but now they're mini show gardens all in their own rights you know people are incorporating structures and little ponds seating areas all sorts and actually so inspiring to show what you can do first of all with plants but also just with a tiny space and there's so much of that here so much to inspire if you've only got a small garden and um, you know I love going to the Chelsea Flower Show and I love seeing those absolutely spectacular massive show-stopping gardens but would I do any of that stuff in my own garden probably not but there's plenty here that I would do a lot of it feels achievable 
yeah. with, with a certain amount of, of a plan uh, and effort. And of course, the big thing is so many experts at the show. Wherever you turn, there is a, a garden expert, an indoor plant expert, or whatever it might be, in all the different stages. And those stages are busy from the moment the show opens to the moment it closes. They are, absolutely. And the great thing uh, about this show is all of these people are here. You can see them, you can talk to them in often, you know, in many instances. As you say, loads of experts going around the marquee, uh, plenty of opportunity to ask questions if you've got gardening problems or conundrums. So this is one of the few places where you really can get, you know, first-hand, face-to-face expertise. And the theatres, yes, you're quite right. I'm, I'm hosting the, the main theatre here in the halls. I'm with, uh, with Monty Don and Alan Titchmarsh later on today. And I know complete sellouts, not, not a seat to be had. So, you know, they're making for really exciting, buzzy experiences. It's just great, great fun, great live entertainment. Absolutely. BBC Gardeners World live at the NEC in Birmingham until Sunday. Uh, lots of information on the website, bbcgardenersworldlive.com, where you can find out what's on, who you can come and see, and importantly, how you can get tickets. And remember that if you're a foodie as well, then the tickets will get you entry into BBC Good Food Show Summer. Um, Kevin, the, the link between the two shows is excellent as well because a lot of what I've been talking about is the what it's euphemistically called plot to plate. Yeah. Grow your own. And some of the artisan producers here started doing that and they, they've now created businesses on their kitchen table bringing some amazing produce. Yeah, I mean... I, it, you know, by and large, I always think most gardeners are good cooks as well. <laughs> I would like to, I'd like to perhaps sort of put myself in that category. And as you say, plot to plate, there's nothing like bringing something that you've harvested, however small it is, even a little pile of radishes, you know, um, and taking it to the kitchen and eating it straight away. It's absolutely fantastic. And as you say, loads of examples of how to creatively grow grow edibles and fruit and veg um, out in the show gardens and then of course yes the BBC Good Food Summer Show well amazing you could go and taste your way around that couldn't you you could have all sorts of delicious things <laughs> it's, it's fantastic um, just finally Kevin um, a lot of chat as well with the gardeners I've spoken to um, about something that was reported earlier in the year which you, you possibly know what's coming and that's the idea of rewilding seeing weeds as well, what we've traditionally known as weeds, as our friends, and perhaps being a little less mean to slugs and snails. You're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am smiling because this is a hot, hot topic. So um, I think it goes back a little bit to what I was saying about um, establishing an ecosystem, and any any living thing that's in the garden is there for a good reason, and we are beginning to understand that so so yes there is there is this feeling that live and let live is a good thing to do it's good for the environment it's good for the planet as a whole um from my point of view there is also a balance to be struck you know we're gardeners we're creating gardens and we want beautiful gardens um so uh, i think okay yeah it is good to leave somewhere a bit wild perhaps let the nettles grow perhaps don't worry too much if slugs are going at things but equally you know we're gardening because we want to create something beautiful so i'd say you know carry on carry on doing what you do creating what you love and if you can leave somewhere that's a bit scruffy just around the edges that's great but a very interesting debate i mean lots and lots of stuff going on at the moment where you know many people are saying we really really should be scruffy around the edges everywhere in our garden so <laughs> i know it's not for everyone it's though. going to roll and roll it that one, is. isn't it? can you give us a, a quick insight into what's in the next edition of the magazine 
Yeah, I can actually. So uh, the July issue is just about to hit the shelves and it's all about living life outdoors. So we work so, so hard on our gardens and I think we often forget that actually we should sit down and enjoy them with our friends and family. So we've got all sorts of good stuff in there about outdoor entertaining. We've got garden games for all the family uh, and some delicious uh, sort of recipes and, and sort of barbecue ideas and that kind of stuff. So, of course, all the regular what to do now in your garden in July, all of that practical gardening advice is in there as well. But there's a lovely, lovely big section on living life and loving life outdoors. Kevin, really good to see you. Thanks for coming into the studio. Pleasure.